Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through the judges and see who the next judge God will rise up and use. So far we had a rare left-handed man, a woman, actually two women, and now we're going to continue on in chapter 6 verse 1 and see what happens next with the Israelite people. In verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, martyrs from the Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys— these enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. And when the Israelites and God's people cry out to him for saving, God saves. Verse 7. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. So they they are reminded here of everything that God has done for them and of their disobedience. In verse 11, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiazar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat in the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So here we have Gideon, and when it says the angel, remember that's actually Jesus. And he is hiding down in a wine press to um, thresh the wheat because he's afraid. He's a scaredy cat. And God's like calling him a mighty hero. And that's the thing. God sees what he sees in us. He sees what he's going to make us to be, not what we are or what we were. He sees us for who he made us to be, not of our downfalls or shortcomings. He knows what our personal best is going to be, and he gives us that credit in advance. And Gideon, he 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 will test God multiple times, and he he doesn't trust the word of God to him, and he he's a scary cat, and he shakes in his shoes. But what does God see in him? God sees a mighty hero, and God is about to use him to save God's people. In verse thirteen, Sir Gideon replied, "If the Lord is with us." Why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? 
But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with strength. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So he's like, dude, you have strength within you. God has given you everything you need to move forward and, and take move forward and go and take his will for your life. He he's sending Gideon out. And he says, I am with you and go, let's go. Everything you need is right inside of you. God gave us everything we need to pursue the calling that he has on our lives. We just have to have the faith and strength in God and trust God for his word in us and believe that he is sending us and that his will is going to come forth in our lives. We can trust him. In verse 15, but Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. So here we have him doing what what we all do. We see us for our weaknesses. We see ourselves in all our downfalls. We see our sins. We see our shortcomings. We see all the negative things that we hear people say in the chatter of the world around us instead of choosing to cling to what God says about us and hushing out all those negative voices and believing God for his word. In verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And we have a promise that God is going to be with us. We can trust God. He will not let us down. In verse 17, Gideon replied, If you are truly going to rescue me and help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. God is so good. Verse 19, Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat and with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then he carried the meat in a basket and and the broth in a pot, and he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock, and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand. A fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all that he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. So Gideon tests God, he's like, Prove it. He basically looks at God, at Jesus. He looks at Jesus square in the face and he's like, okay, you told me these things. Prove it. In verse 22, and for the record, God did. In verse 22, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. So he just realized that he saw Jesus face to face. In verse 23, It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abiezar to this day. So whenever you're met with God and all the glory of God, your sin is revealed and and your unworthiness, and he realizes I just saw God, I'm going to die. Because holiness, remember from all we've read so far, holiness cannot be in the same area as sin. Something's got to give. So he's worried he's going to die. But God in his merciful, patient, sovereign way says, 
don't be afraid. You're not going to die. And he shows him that he's the God of peace. He is Yahweh Shalom. God is our peace and our refuge. We can go to God and receive God's peace in our lives. In verse 25, that night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old, pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build up an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar using as fuel the wood from the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his family's household and the people of the town. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pool beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built And on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Bring out your son, the man of the town demanded to Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal is truly a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerubbaal, which means let Baal defend himself, because he broke down Baal's altar. So basically, he became the Baal slayer. In verse 33, Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. So God gives us what we need, y'all. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiezar came to him. He also sent messages throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised." And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. So here, he's he's reluctant, but God is honoring his request. He's asking and God's honoring his request. God's giving him the assurance that he needs, and God knows he needs that. And the thing is, is God's giving him strength. God gave him the power he needed. He said, go with what you have. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be there for you. And he's he's telling him to go and rise up to the calling on his life and be who God sees him as. Be the person that God created him to be. And whenever we 
are anywhere in life where God is sending us out to do anything, if God puts anything on our heart to do, we can have the faith that God will bring us through. We can go where God sends us and we can walk into the room like God sent you there because he did. And we can trust and have faith in that in whatever God calls us to do in our lives. Thanks, y'all. We'll continue on through Gideon's story tomorrow. I hope you all are having a great day.